0: I may be a little different tonight. I'm I'm maybe not with the end, but in the beginning at least. I may I may sound a little teachy tonight. Is that all right? Maybe we'll treat for a little bit tonight. I feel the Lord has impressed me. I there's nothing new under the sun, but I've gone back and began to read a passage of scripture that I have pondered many times in my spirit looking at, and the Lord opened some revelation in my mind to understand and comprehend some things that I've never seen before, and I want to share that with you tonight. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me to to the book of Isaiah chapter 28, and I'm going to read three verses from Isaiah chapter 28. I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. Isaiah chapter 28, verse number 16. Amen. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, A precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hell shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters shall overflow the hidden place to understand the image that is being created with Scripture here. I'll lay a line. Righteousness will be a plummet. The hail shall sweep away all of the refuge or the the waste. Waters are going to overflow the hiding place. It's all written in Ways for us to see images of what God is doing. Then, verse 18. And your covenant, everybody say, your covenant. And your covenant, everybody say, my covenant. And your covenant. With death shall be disannulled. And your agreement, everybody say, my agreement, with hell shall not stand. Your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. By the help of the Lord for a little bit tonight, I want to preach from the subject, a broken covenant. A broken covenant. Would you help me pray tonight that the Lord would anoint his word, His Word's already anointed, but if He would anoint my mind and anoint your ears and our hearts tonight to receive what He wants to do and what He wants to speak into our hearing. Would you pray with me right now, right where you are? God, we need your help tonight. Your messenger stands tonight, O oh Lord, in need of the unction of the Holy Ghost tonight to deliver to your people what you have inspired in my spirit. I pray tonight, Lord, that our minds somehow learn to comprehend what it is that you are wanting to do in our midst and in our lives. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. That was a joke for all of you who haven't smiled all night. A broken covenant. Now, our text, Annette, do you have a piece of paper there? I don't want you writing notes during church. Bring me a piece of paper if you would, please. <laughs> our text, thank you, our text is a powerful prophetic scripture declaring the end of of the Old Covenant and the beginning of the New Covenant. I'm going to take you to Bible class for a little bit tonight. Everybody say the end of the Old Covenant and the beginning of the New Covenant. Our text heralds the message of the arrival of Jesus Christ and heralds the redemptive work that is going to be done and how it is going to be applicable to us. I was talking to somebody yesterday and I said to them, I always pray that my ministry is not just words. It's wonderful to know certain things of Scripture. But I hope at the end of the day when I finish a message that it's more than just I learned some piece of scripture, but I want you to know how to apply it to your life. I've heard great messages before, and at the end of the message, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? My mind's been blown, but if I don't know how to put it into practice, into my life, I I haven't accomplished anything. So I want this message tonight to somehow help us do more than, I want us to, to, to have a clear understanding of what it means and what we're supposed to do with this almost seemingly strange text that I read tonight because we can read through the book of Isaiah and the prophecies and as he is speaking of the coming of Christ and speaking of the old covenant and the new covenant. And at the end of the day, we we fail sometimes to comprehend the power of that message. The obvious point of our text is simply the transition from the Old Covenant which man could not live up to. Man could never live up to the rigorous laws of the Old Testament. Only Jesus Christ could live up to the rigorous laws of the Old Testament. That's why we have to be careful. I believe in separation. I believe in holiness of the heart and outward holiness. I wish I would have got a stronger amen from a group of people that believes in holiness. I believe in outward holiness and inward holiness. But we have to be careful that our holiness does not become just a standard of the church. Or a list of what you can do and what you cannot do. Because the law was a list. What you could eat and what you couldn't eat. What you could touch and what you couldn't touch. There were laws that no man could live up to except Jesus Christ came to prove that it was possible. Nowhere in Scripture do you find where anybody ever lived up to the law. That's why they were, there were thousands and tens of thousands of blood sacrifices of bullocks and goats and lambs and oxen and doves and all the offerings and burnt offerings and incense and, and all of the things that were done because man could not live up to the law. Man had to have a blood sacrifice to deal with his sin. We're talking old covenant. He had to have a blood sacrifice, so he had to bring the firstborn without spot, without blemish, from his herd and had to sacrifice, that make that sacri- that blood sacrifice. And the priest would offer the blood sacrifice that their sins would be dealt with. But dealing with sin was only simply rolling the charges of sin forward. It moved them forward for a year. But next year, the same man, had to go back and deal with the same sin the same way. There was no such thing as redemption. Man couldn't live up to the law. He offered sacrifice for a blood covering for a year to roll his sin ahead. But Jesus Christ comes along. Jesus Christ did not need a sacrifice. For he was the sacrifice. He didn't need a lamb. For he was the lamb. He knew no sin, yet He became sin for you and I, Meeting He, the spotless Lamb, without spot or without blemish, took upon Himself all the sin of mankind. And when He drank the cup in the garden, all the sin from Adam to Moses and from Moses to the setting up of the kingdom was all placed upon him. And then he took those sins to the old rugged cross. And there he became the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. This powerful prophetic scripture talks about the transition of old covenant which man could not live up to. But Jesus came and he did not destroy the law. But the Bible said that he came to Fulfill the law. Meaning he did what nobody else could ever do. He was tempted in all points. Am I in the scripture tonight? He was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet, he was found without sin. But no other man could ever say they were found without sin. For they gave in to temptation. And partook of sin. Jesus took on our sin in the old covenant. Men couldn't live up to the rigorous law. The obvious point of our text is the transition. It calls man's inability to overcome sin under the old covenant. Yet it calls out the awesome power. That is available to man to break the curse of sin under the new covenant through Jesus Christ. Anybody with me tonight? Stay with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get somewhere here in a little bit. This text uh, puts this narrative in in terms that can be more easily and readily understood by anybody instead of using big words of eschatology, it comes down and brings it to simple terms that we can understand. And it puts it kind of like this, if I can break it down for you. There was a day, when a man's word was his bond, a handshake agreement was a solid covenant of trust between two men of integrity. I wish it was still that way, but today you can't. You got. You can't. You can't trust the word. I was involved in a business deal for the church a few days ago and. I sought outside counsel, and they said, get it in writing. I said, well, they told me. They said, get it in writing. Because it doesn't matter what they told you. Otherwise, you could get stuck with a bill. Because in today's society, if you don't have it in writing, and have somebody's signature and somebody witnessing, it won't hold up in court. There was a day when a man's word was his bond. In Bible times, a covenant was the highest form of trust. I believe that God placed within man, he built within man something that makes it difficult for men to break covenants. The Bible said in the end time that we would see more and more rampantly that men would be truce breakers. It used that word. In other words, they would break covenants. Covenants would have very little or no value. The problem with this is that a covenant can be used in our favor, meaning we can force somebody to hold up the rule. But a covenant can also be used against you. Meaning if you can't live up to the covenant, the covenant can become detrimental to you. Under the old covenant or the covenant of law, a man's wrongdoings ultimately would lead to his utter hopelessness. He rolled sin ahead, but he he had to deal with it again. It becomes a hopeless cycle over and over again. I've been in the ministry long enough and pastored long enough and tried to help people long enough to know that a lot of people in the world today are involved in sin cycles. They even come to church. They even pray through over it. But they tend to fall back into it. And every time the covenant is broken, it's easier next time to fall right back into the same sin pattern. Under the covenant of law, man's wrongdoings would lead to his demise or even his death. That's why in the Scripture, You read of people being put to death, of stonings and all sorts of things. It was all a form of punishment for man's wrongdoings. It was an eye for an eye. And somehow built within mankind is this inability to be able to transition into a new covenant And truly recognize the blessing of where we live today. Under the old covenant, the covenant of law. Men literally made a covenant with death and hell. One without hope would have no recourse. As a matter of fact, the sacrifice of lambs and bullocks was only for the Jewish people. The Gentiles were in the world without God. And without hope, we just had sin and no Redeemer. Our covenant was not a covenant of hope and restoration or salvation. Our covenant was a covenant with death and with hell. One without hope would have no recourse, no prescription to alleviate the pain, no remedy for sin, no response to the penalty of death. I pick up at this point tonight to say the enemy has fooled far too many people into believing that their destiny, their future, is bound to be one of misery and despair. The scripture said, and they have made a covenant. They have bargained. With death and hell and lies, who is the father of lies, has become their refuge. The only place of peace is built in telling yourself a lie. Because your covenant is a covenant that surely will lead to death without hope and to hell for your destruction. And lies have become your refuge. But I came tonight to tell you that death and destruction is not God's plan For your life. Oh I feel the Holy Ghost powerfully tonight. If anybody in this room goes to hell. You will do so trampling through the red blood of a persecuted Savior. Because I told you this morning. Because of his compassion. He looked down and said these people have no hope. You can make lies your refuge and tell yourself that I could never live for God and I could never live up to the standard of the church and I could never be what the church is and be what God has called. You can make lies your refuge but you will find no refuge in that lie that is sent from the pit of hell. The Lord of heaven has sent this preacher here tonight to tell someone behold I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. In other words, he said, you were in the world without hope, but I sent Jesus Christ to you to send hope to you. Don't make lies your refuge. You can't live for God. You can serve God. You can live righteous and holy before God. The devil wants people to think you'll never be good enough to serve God. I come tonight to rebuke that word. I come tonight to declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every person in this building, you can live for God. You can live separate from the world. You can live up to. You can live it. In Daniel 2 and 45, the scripture said, that he saw a stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. (laughs) This was Daniel, you know, and his image and all the things that he saw in his his vision. He said, I saw a stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that stone, figuratively, (laughs) broke down every stronghold. I need to take you there, Daniel chapter 2, verse 45. (laughs) He said he saw a stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that stone broke iron and brass and gold and bronze. And this was all speaking of the strongholds of nations. But this stone came and was more powerful than any governmental position. It was stronger than any stronghold. This stone was more powerful. I want to know about that stone. I just got to stop for a minute to preach and tell you, God is always making a way when there seems to be no way. You don't know how hard it is, Pastor. Oh, but there was a stone that broke the hardest things that they knew. Iron, he said, a stone that could break it. Bronze, he said, a stone that could break it. Gold, he said, a stone that could break it. He got... See just about time that men think, well, I have found, you know, I they, they they come up with diamonds and they they use diamond because diamonds can cut concrete and they use diamonds. You get diamond drill bits and diamond saws. We and you can cut through concrete hard. You can cut through the floor with with a diamond. But now they have products that can cut a diamond. They've discovered materials that is even harder than diamonds. And when they discover that material, give them a little time, they'll come up with something a little harder. But I came tonight to tell you that there was a stone that was cut out of the mountain but it was cut out without the hands of men. In other words, it was not a work in a man. It was a stone that was hewn out, but there was no hands. There was no men involved. It was hewn out of the mountain, but that stone was harder than anything that they knew of that day. It was steel and bronze and gold. This stone was this stone was unbelievable. God is trying to persuade Israel. I don't like what you're doing, but I still love you enough, and I'm reaching for you, and although you're not living right, I'm sending you a stone and the builders are going to reject this stone but that rejected stone is going to, to become the cornerstone it's going to become the sure foundation you've got to understand the stone that was hewn out that stone that could break steel and bronze and brass that stone is going to become the cornerstone and the foundation of a new covenant you've been living under an old covenant but I got a covenant I got a stone that's badder than any thing you could ever imagine the most the hardest governmental position the romans are nothing for the stone they're going to put him to death but the stone's going to come back to life you can't stop the stone so over and again god is trying to persuade israel they won't live right they're not doing right and God sends a prophet, Jeremiah, weeping. He says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Why in the world wouldn't God come with judgment and wrath and bust their hides and tell them I'm going to destroy you. He did a few times but he would only let them be destroyed for a period of time. He may let them be destroyed for 30 years under one king and 20 years under another king but before long he comes back and says I love you too much I gotta pull you back up and then all of a sudden he says the army's too big let them go all the way down to 300 now I want 300 to go up against, up against a, 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 an army that is so far surpassing. And he said, you don't even need weapons. All you need to do is just go out and let your little light shine. And when your light shines, I'm going to send a thunder. And they're going to be confused. And I'm going to destroy them because I love you. Don't ever think God is going to leave you in your dilemma. He's always making a way. I don't know how.
1: God knows how.
0: So in other words, God is declaring, although you don't deserve it, I'm going to give you what you don't even deserve. I'm going to give you, you don't deserve a solid rock because you haven't been solid, Israel. You haven't been, you haven't been, but I'm going to give you a solid rock. I'm going to give you a stable rock. I'm going to give you, no, you haven't deserved it because if you deserved it, you would say, look what I earned But although you don't deserve it and you feel like you can't, I'm going to send you a tried stone. I'm going to send you a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, a firm foundation. I have laid in Zion for a foundation a stone. And of course, through correlation of Scripture, we, we know that Jesus is the stone because the stone that was hewn out of the mountain was nothing but an image for us to be able to see and imagine a stone hewn out of a mountain without hands that could break iron and brass and clay and all of these things it could break. What what is there to learn about that? It is an image of Jesus Christ who without the hands of man born of a virgin came into a world and the government tried to overthrow him but he kept breaking the government he kept going beyond and the old covenant wasn't good enough but it was able to usher in the new covenant Paul said to the church in Ephesus he is the Ephesus he said he is the chief corner stone Peter declared he was A living stone in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 6 through verse number 8. He said, Wherefore also it is contained in scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious. And he that believeth on him is not confounded unto you. Therefore, which believeth, he is precious. But for them which are disobedient, he's a stone which the builders disallowed. They cast him out. The same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them that stumble at the word he said I came to be a sure foundation but if you want to fight against this new covenant that I'm bringing I instead of being a foundation I'm going to be a stumbling block I'm going to be a stumbling stone. All of these are declaring the day of Christ, which, when it was written, was not yet here. I'll pick back up in our text. And your covenant. Everybody say the old covenant, everybody say my old covenant and your covenant with death shall be disannulled. In other words, your covenant that you have, more you've got it written down, there is a covenant with death. It is appointed unto man wants to die and the covenant with death is that when you die you are finished you are ended you are doomed it is over but the prophet said your covenant with death is going to be trumped. It's going to be disannulled. In other words, somebody with a higher power is going to come and pull out a pen and is going to scratch out the old Lucifer's name and going to say, it doesn't really matter what you said. It doesn't really matter what your ordinance toward death said. It doesn't matter. Verse 18. And your agreement with hell shall not stand. You made an agreement with hell? The Lord said it's not going to stand. It doesn't matter how many certificates the devil has. It doesn't matter how many ordinances that he has. It doesn't matter how long his list is of your mistakes, your failures, the times that you came to the altar and went back on God. None of that matters because he said your covenant with death and hell is going to be disannulled and is not going to stand. In other words, God said, in the middle of your impossible situation, I'm going to send you some help. Because as a Gentile people, our covenant was death and hell. But God says, in the middle of your agreement, I'm going to throw out a lifeline to you. I'm going to send out a ray of hope to you. The old covenant said death and hell. But the Lord said, I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you redemption. I'm going to send Jesus to you. The old covenant is going to be disannulled. What was held and used against you can no longer be used against you. You are in a dismal situation under an old covenant. But he's saying, I am going to send you Jesus. He calls him a stone that was hewn out of the mountain. He calls him a firm foundation. He calls him a chief cornerstone. He called him the stone that was disallowed by the builders. He talked about him in many ways but ultimately he is saying I'm going to send you Jesus. I'm going to send you hope in the middle of your struggle. Under the old covenant, hell and death has a grip on you but I'm sending you one that will break the curse of hell. I'm sending you one that will, under your old covenant, death has dominion over you. But under the new covenant, I'm sending you one to give you hope beyond the grave. That's why that when we go to a funeral service of somebody who is saved, sanctified, and set free, we can take 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and say, Behold, I show you a mystery. The covenant with death said you're going to sleep on. But behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Wasn't true under the old covenant, but under the new covenant, we no longer, we no longer have a covenant with death. Under the old law, the new covenant says, I have a covenant with Jesus Christ that says death and hell are not the end. It doesn't matter what you're going through tonight. It's not the end. He sent a Savior to say, here's hope for you. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. He says, I'm sending hope. The Apostle Paul said it like this, I won't be much longer, he didn't say that, I did. The Apostle Paul said it like this, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things. That's not worth the paper it's written on. All things, they're passed away. They're gone. Behold, all things. Somebody say all things. All things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us To himself. Old covenant. No reconciliation. New covenant. Who hath reconciled us. To himself. By. The new covenant. By Jesus. Christ. And hath given us, do we have that on the screen? Second Corinthians 5, 17, 18. And hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, He didn't just give us reconciliation. Oh my Lord. I wish somehow I could turn the light on here and help help everybody understand I, I, my, my words are just failing me tonight he didn't just give us reconciliation he didn't just reconcile us he didn't just give us reconciliation he gave us everybody say that's me, that's me. the ministry of reconciliation right. Meaning I'm not the reconciler. I'm just the liaison. I'm the minister. of Am I making any sense? In other words, I can't save you, but I'm a minister. Telling you about the one because I've been saved. I I can't save you, but I can tell you about one who can. I can't reconcile you. I'm just the minister. He has given to the church. Everybody say, that's me. He has given the church the ministry. Of reconciliation, look at your neighbor and tell him you can make it. Mm-hmm. He's given us the ministry. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation, meaning you have the ability to find somebody that is not reconciled under Christ, but through your testimony and through your word. My Lord, have mercy. He is saying, I have given you the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, I've given you the ability. If you are in Christ Jesus, you have the ability. I have given you reconciliation, and you have the ministry of reconciliation, meaning you ought to be able to go and tell somebody that needs reconciled, come on with me. I'm going to show you a way that's better than your way that you're going. I'm telling you, you don't have to live an alcoholic I'll tell you a way that that old covenant can be broken. Under the old covenant, sins were rolled ahead. Now under the new covenant, he has reconciled what needed reconciled. You understand what reconciliation is, right? Let I me mean, make it plain. If I have an issue, come over here, Dylan. If my wife and I have some differences, no, we don't. Stand up here with me. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Don't anybody get me wrong. Now, I mean, we all. She's always right. But if we have some differences that we can't reconcile. Anybody with me? If we have some differences that we sit down and talk about over dinner and we just didn't get anywhere. They are not We're not able to resolve them. The Lord said, the way you were with your sin, there was irreconcilable differences between man and God. When man, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. You with me, everybody? All right? When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the relationship between man and God beforehand was walking together in the garden with God in the cool of the evening. But when sin entered, there became a an irreconcilable, irreconcilable difference between God and man. So we're gonna try all sorts of sacrifices. And the Lord's going to say, it helps, but it doesn't fix it. The relationship is still broken. But he said, I'm going to send you a reconciler who's going to step in between. Get in the middle of the difference between the two. And Jesus Christ becomes right now. our re- right. becomes our reconciliation. Right. And now He has given us the ministry right. Right. of reconciliation. Wow. Meaning because He has brought men. And God back together. We now have the ministry of saying it wasn't me. But the reconciler. Is the one that you need to know. Because if you got a problem, I want to show you the reconciler. Because when I couldn't help myself, I want to show you the one that did. I'm now the minister telling you I know a reconciler. When you got a problem you can't fix, I can tell you somebody who can. When you got a situation that you can't resolve, I can tell you about someone who can. He, Jesus, has reconciled us to Himself. That's why in Ephesians chapter 2, I know I'm using a lot of scripture and all kind of weaves and webs tonight. Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul said at that time, everybody say under the Old Covenant, yeah. ye were without Christ. The ye there were the Gentiles. Everybody say under the Old Covenant. The old covenant. We didn't have, a hope. We didn't have a hope. The Apostle Paul said at that, at that time, ye were without Christ. You didn't have a reconciler. You didn't have him. You were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Having, can you put Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 on the screen? Is it there? you, you got to read this with me. That at that time, you were... Being. and you didn't even know about it. You were a stranger from the covenants of the new covenant of promise. Having no hope, but now the church has the ministry reconciliation. Meaning we have to take hope. And without God in the world, the reason that we've got to go win our world is because that was us. Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope. And without God, because the relationship was broken. We had no reconciler. Go to verse 13. But. 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 But now. In Christ. I know Him, but are you in I believe in Him, but are you in? Because the only way that I find in Scripture that you can get in Christ Jesus is you have to be baptized into Christ. Not by calling on the titles the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The only way you get into Christ Jesus is when you are baptized into His name. The only way I find in scripture where people were baptized, they were baptized calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because there's no other way to get in Christ Jesus other than being baptized into. You're not baptized into the church, you're baptized into Christ Jesus. The church isn't your savior, the church helps you on your path to salvation. Jesus Christ is your salvation. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, what was the reconciliation? What was it that brought us back together? What was it that brought us near? Brought the irreconcilable differences back together? Put man and God back in union. (laughs) Only one thing could do it. It wasn't the blood of a lamb or a goat, but it was a spotless lamb of Jesus Christ. We were brought nigh by the blood of Jesus. We now have hope. Your covenant with death shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand. Stand with me now. This is how the Apostle Paul explains it. I'm going to leave you this one last illustration. And, and then I don't know what we're going to do. We may run the aisles. We may, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Run to Pizza Hut if you want to. Not my message anymore. I've done what the Lord asked me to do. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Real quick, if you can just get that there. Thank you. That, let's give the team in the back a great big hand. Thank you for staying with me tonight. I've been throwing all kind. Of, I didn't give them any notes beforehand or anything. They do a good job. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. Blotting. I remember what you used to be. Your failures, you come in the house of God, oh Lord, I worship you, I worship you. The old devil comes, sits down. Mm-hmm. I remember everything you haven't done. You see, remember that old covenant with death. You you're not you're not worthy. You don't deserve. Remember that failure in your life. Remember that mistake. Colossians chapter two verse fourteen. Come on, somebody help me blotting. I need an eraser. I know it's not blood, but what can wash away my sins? Blotting out. You remember when? Get behind me, Satan. Because he blotted out the handwriting. The agreement, the covenant that I had with death and hell. It's just a blank piece of paper. You don't have anything on me. It's blank. He doesn't have anything on you. Because when the blood of Jesus came and made you clean, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that were against you. That were contrary to us. Meaning that could affect us, that could hurt us. And you know what else he did? He took it out of the way. (laughs) He took it to the cross and he nailed it to the cross, meaning that when he took on himself all the sin of mankind, and it went to the cross, and when they were putting the nails in his hands and in his feet, what was really happening was the ordinances of sin that were against you, and when you had no hope, and that he said, I'm taking those ordinances, and they're being nailed to the cross. Satan has nothing on you. The devil has nothing on you. It's been nailed to the cross. When he comes and holds it in front of you, he's holding a counterfeit document that's not worth the paper that it's written on because that was then and this is now because Jesus Christ came and broke the covenant of death and hell. And now in Christ Jesus, we are new creatures old things are passed away and behold all things are become new and now the path to God stands wide open and there is now no more there is no more divide nothing else that needs reconciled now you can walk boldly to the throne of grace and find help and mercy in your time of need if you're in the house tonight and you need a Savior if you're in the house tonight and you need help Help. Just run to him tonight because under the new covenant he's saying, I made a way for you. I made a way for you. I am your hope. I am your reconciliation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe the devil's been threatening you and talking to you. Reminding you and holding things against you. You know what? He does that to every one of us. I talked to somebody this week. And they made a statement to me. They said, Pastor, I regret some things from my past. Let's just do a poll tonight because I'm going to be the first hand that goes up. How many of you regret some things from your past? Hands. comes and begins to remind you you're a failure you're a mistake your future is never going to be bright again rebuke him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and declare the handwriting of ordinances that were against me have been taken out of the way and been nailed to the cross we all regret things even Jesus Christ himself cannot change our past I want you to understand that Even God Himself cannot change your past. But you and God can change your future. If the enemy's been haunting you, been reminding you, been throwing things at your face, I dare you tonight to step out boldly and declare in the name of the Lord every stronghold, everything that He has been using against me, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I put it behind me and I go forward I'm not what I used to be I may not be everything I ought to be but I'm not what I used to be that old covenant with death and hell is broken in the name of Jesus I will go forward by faith let's respond to the word of the Lord tonight respond to the word of the Lord tonight every
1: high must come down every soul. Shall be broken. You wear the Victor's ground. You overcome. You overcome. Every heart day must come down. Every soul hold shall be broken. You wear the victor's ground. You overcome. You overcome. Every high day must come down.
0: Every you were the come on, let's just turn this place into a prayer room for a little while tonight. The Reconciler is in the house. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Come on, church. Let's let God do some work in the house tonight. Let Him reconcile someone tonight. Come on, let's seek the Lord for a little bit tonight. Seek the Lord for
1: a little bit tonight.
0: Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. Let reconciliation work in your life tonight. The old covenant has been broken. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus.